0: I feel better, I feel different. You know, not to say everything's perfect, but <coughs> you know, I know that I have tools now to mm-hmm. to help me and there are tools that I can continue to gain and work on as I like work on myself.
1: Welcome to the unconditionally worthy podcast. In this podcast, I will guide you on your journey to connect with the true source of your self-worth. Each week, we'll discuss barriers to unconditional self-worth, the connection between self-worth and relationships, self-worth practices you can apply to your life, and how to use self-worth as a foundation for living courageously. I'm your host, Dr. Adia Gooden, a licensed clinical psychologist, dance enthusiast, and a dark chocolate lover who believes deeply that you are worthy unconditionally. Hello, Dr. Adia here for another episode of the Unconditionally Worthy podcast. I am really excited to be talking with Ebony Ray, who's a former group coaching program member, student, and she shares about her experience um, on her self-worth journey, her experience in the program, um, and really talks about the shifts that the program helped her make and why she found it so helpful. So I'm very excited to share this episode with you today because I think it's one thing for me to talk about the benefits of the program and it's another thing for you to hear about it from somebody who enrolled in the program, who invested their time, their energy, their money in the program and really benefited from it. So be sure to listen in to hear all of the details of how helpful and beneficial Ebony found the group coaching program. I also want to let you know that tomorrow, September 28th is the last day to apply for this upcoming cohort of the Unconditionally Worthy Group Coaching Program. So, you know, the application is open today. If you're listening to this, the day the podcast comes out, Tuesday, September 27th, and tomorrow. So tomorrow at midnight, central time, the applications will close for the program. And I ask people to apply because it's really important for me to know that you're ready and willing to do the work that we ask of you in the program and that you're ready and willing to be sort of a, an engaged participant in the group coaching program. Program, which is part of the group part, is one of the most important aspects of what is helpful in the program. And so if you are interested in joining this upcoming cohort, we start the first week in October. If you're interested in joining, please be sure to apply. Make sure you apply, and then we'll get a consultation call scheduled to so we can have a conversation and decide if it seems like the program is gonna be a good fit for you. This is the last cohort of the year. I'll be launching again in January, but if you want, to do it now if you've been waiting for a while don't delay make sure to apply you can learn more about the program and apply at unconditionallyworthy.com forward slash program and you'll learn all the information the application is there and i hope to see your application come in i look forward to speaking with you let's get into the show I'm really excited to introduce um, my guest for the podcast today. Ebony was a member of the last cohort of the Unconditionally Worthy Group Coaching Program. And so I'm excited to have her on today to talk about her self-worth journey and her experience in the program. Ebony Ray is a New Jersey native with West Indian roots and an 11-year-old son whom she is focused on loving and nurturing. Ebony is also an attorney practicing in big law in New York City. Her practice includes litigating, complex commercial disputes across industries with a focus on litigating discrimination claims and counseling on highly sensitive employment matters. She attended Cornell University where she majored in industrial and labor relations and minored in Africana studies. She also attended Cornell Law School. She enjoys traveling to new places, reading autobiographies, and self-care, and I just heard about her fabulous trip. To Mexico, which I want (laughs) to copy and go myself. And Ebony, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to
0: have you here. Thank you, Dr. Adia. It is such a pleasure to be here. I have been listening to your podcast since the beginning of this year. (laughs) And the fact that I'm recording with you right now is like surreal, to be honest. So thanks so much for for having me and for being incredible.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate that. Well, I'd love if you could start by just sharing a bit about your own self worth journey.
0: Sure. So I would say that my self worth journey began at the about a year ago, actually. Mm -hmm. I had at the time just ended a couple of different relationships in my life. Mm -hmm. One was like probably the longest running non familiar relationship that I had ever had it was my best friend it was super painful mm. um and then the other was another really close friend and it you know I sort of found myself like reeling mm. and started to just sort of seek uh some self-exploration as I got went into the, my next chapter um and so I went into therapy and then I and and therapy was really really great. <laughs> had a lot of breakthroughs, mm-hmm. a lot of insight. I, I started to feel like self awareness was be a, like was just so powerful.
2: Mm.
0: I had I felt like I was like waking up in, in a way to myself. And the more I woke up to myself, the more I was able to understand the people around me. And then I met you at, at the end of last year uh, at a conference, and I heard you speak. And I remember going up to you at the end thinking and and saying like, I don't know what I need to do to stay connected with Mm. you, but I would love to, you know, just get more of this content and think about it more and talk about it more. You know, I I found a lot of overlap with, you know, some of the ideas that you expressed in terms of, you know, being an overachiever and Mm. sort of gaining a lot of validation and satisfaction from the things that I did rather than just you know, who I, who I am rather than just being, you know, I remember feeling after I graduated from undergrad, like, you know, I thought I was going to have this like great feeling of Mm. just like, you know, having, you know, got some gold medal in (laughs) in the Olympics or something. Like it just never came. And then I was like, Mm. all right, well, I got to go to law school and then I'll, and then I'll feel good. And then -hmm. then I did that. And then it was just like, "Mm." No, and it's, so it's just this like constant striving and never ending feeling of trying to attain something that I think, and I know now is just not attainable outside of myself. Mm. And so, you know, it's really the journey sort of, you know, began that, began last year, but I, it, it opened me up to, uh, the fact that I've been on this journey for a long, a much longer time. Mm. Um, and, you know, had just a lot of breakthroughs, particularly uh, in connection with your course. Mm.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. I think I really appreciate that you sort of talk about both using therapy and finding therapy to be really helpful, and also finding the the course, the program to be really helpful, because I think Um, therapy is such a valuable tool and resource. And I think that there are things that are offered in the group coaching program that sort of go beyond what people can get in therapy. And I'm wondering if you could just share a little bit about some, like what are some of the differences or why do you think the group coaching program was helpful in addition to the therapy that you did?
0: Yeah, of course. So I think, you know, I had never done, I had never done like a group Program like that before, I thought that that was extremely helpful to me to once a week, you know, get in community with people who are, you know, trying to do the same thing or similar things as me. Um, you know, and also the, the, we met on Wednesdays, Wednesday evenings, which was like a nice sort of like midway point in the week. I felt that it, you know, I would get into the, the, the sessions and just feel like a sense of like a relief mm-hmm. and, you know, in, in sharing sort of what I was going through and and also just hearing other people and their stories and their journeys and and feeling less alone in the world honestly yeah um so that i think you know that that's something that's different and then also you know your my my therapy it is you know it's a uh, the, the structure is sort of a lack of structure in a sense like i go to we do you know we talk about whatever comes up mhm um which works for me. Um, and I have breakthroughs through that. Um, and, and your program, I think it was helpful because of the, you know, it was the, right. It was a lot of structure. There Mm -hmm. were weekly, you know, weekly lessons and, um, it was oriented around thinking about a particular topic, you know, together. And I thought that that was great. Um, you know, to just sort of focus.
2: Mm -hmm. And so I was
0: doing therapy and doing the group coaching You know, at the same time, and I I think you know it. It it informed some of my therapy. So some, you know, I would take some of the topics Mm. and the lessons and the thoughts back to my own therapy and think through them and talk through them more.
1: Yeah, that's great, and I think that's exactly kind of how I tend to think about it too. Usually, therapy is pretty open ended, right? It's kind of like, where would you like to start today, and what's coming up? And sometimes that's something with your boss, and sometimes it's something with a partner or your parent or whatever. And that can be so useful to just have the space to kind of process and work through what's going on. And I think sometimes it is helpful to have a structured and focus, like, let's focus in on this specific piece or this specific thing that you may not normally think about, but may be very relevant to how life is going or how you're feeling. And, because the program is structured and based on a curriculum, it does sort of guide you to say, okay, like, let's talk about how you're treating yourself. Like what's going on with that self-criticism or self-compassion, or what do you need to forgive yourself for? Or, you know, like it sort of, forces you to, maybe guides you is a better way to say it, but like guides you to to look at some specific things that may come up in therapy, but also may not come up in therapy, even if they're things that would be helpful to focus in on and look at. You mentioned having a few breakthroughs through the program. And I'd love if you'd be willing to share about what those, what those were.
0: Yeah, so I would say that one of the biggest sort of breakthroughs I had was, you know, just more self-awareness about the ways that I was talking to myself. Mm. Um, You mentioned earlier, I have an 11-year-old and he is my boo. Like, I, you know, I'm always very intentional about loving him Mm. and nurturing him and thinking and watching what I say to him. Because I know that I have, you know, just so much influence on him as he's developing a sense of self and, and, you know, and I don't take that approach with myself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, you know, you, you know, I, you, I think made, made some points about that, right? Like imagine that you, you know, would you speak this way to an animal, a small animal, a small child, a baby, like, right? And the idea that I was, you know, treating myself really poorly never occurred to me Mm. um and self so self-compassion really is the upshot of everything i'm trying to trying to sort of summarize Mm -hmm. i i feel like you know the self-critical voice that's in my head um you know was just something that i thought was just like normal Mm. and healthy And I thought that I needed that voice to get me and, you know, guide me to accomplish what I want to accomplish. And, you know, trying self-compassion was just like transformative Mm -hmm. for me. Being kind to myself. And it just sounds very simple (laughs) as I say it now. But for someone, for me, that was just never anything that I had ever done before. Mm -hmm. You know, I've always been, you know, quite just driven and just, you know, unrelenting. And, you know,
2: mm-hmm. I didn't want
0: to, I, I thought that if I gave myself a pass, then I would, you know, take my foot off the gas and fail at
2: once. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, that's not the case. <laughs>
1: yeah. So talk a little bit more, even like, what does it feel like to be kind and compassionate to yourself? Like, how have you noticed? And some of these things may be a little bit ta- like intangible or like people might not notice from the outside, but like, how is life feeling different now that you've, you know, shifted into offering yourself more compassion and are letting go of that that self
0: criticism? Yeah, so it feels, um, in a sense, like I, I so I took a vacation by myself hmm. in April earlier this year in April of twenty twenty two. I went to Puerto Rico. It's the first time I've ever traveled alone, hmm. and I mean, I. Growing up, I wouldn't even go to the bathroom by myself. Like I'd go in groups, like somebody had to go with me, like one of my girlfriends, right? Like, you know, or going out like to the movies alone or to a restaurant. I've done that, but I've never gone on vacation
2: mm-hmm. by
0: myself. And so it was like a big it was a, a big deal for me, and it felt absolutely great. Mm. I felt I think, you know, through it feels less lonely while mm. I'm alone, if that if that makes sense. Mm. I feel present with myself in ways that I didn't before. You know, I feel more confident in, in who I am and I feel like I, I got me. Mm-hmm. Um, And like, you know, I think I probably thought that I I was like this before, but like now I really am. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> you know,
0: and it's not in a way that's like, you know, mis- I'm misindependent. I don't need anybody. <laughs> like, it's not even really like that. Mm-hmm. Like, because I really enjoy, my connections. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoy, you know, time spent in connection with other people in a community. Yeah. Um, but I also f- just feel a stronger sense of self mm. and a sense of safety in myself that I didn't previously feel. Mm. Yeah. I love that.
1: Right. And I love that you're sort of distinguishing because so often it can look like a hardness, like I'm good. I don't need you. I don't need anybody. I got, I'm good. Right?
2: right. And it's sort
1: of like a rejection. And then often when people are in that space, there is an internal harshness, right? Like that keep it together. Cause you can't rely on anybody. So you better get it together. Right. Like, and that is very different than, Oh, I like myself and I enjoy <laughs> spending time with myself. And this is nice. And I also enjoy connections and I know that I can feel good and have a good time on my own. um, And I can take care of myself and be there for myself, even while I'm also still connecting and reaching out to other people in a healthy way, right? That, that, that feels very different than how some people can become hyper independent in a sort of hard way. That's, that's often reactive to, I've been hurt. I've experienced relational trauma. And so I got to push away and pull away to protect myself, which is very different than I'm going to be there for myself no matter what happens. I'm going to be kind and gracious. I'm going to let myself have fun and experience joy and pleasure. And I'm also going to enjoy the opportunities to do that with other people.
0: Right. Absolutely. That's absolutely a difference. Uh, You know, a great distinction. I don't, you know, like it's, it's, I'm not faking it.
2: Mm-hmm. And I'm
0: not like, I'm not, you know, it's not like some kind of, like, I know I need, I need people, you know, mm-hmm. um, there's certain relationships and certain connections that I know I need in order to flourish. And I'm accepting of that, right? Like I'm not, you know, I'm embracing a soft life and <laughs> <laughs> yes and those connections, those connections help me to do so.
2: hmm
1: Yeah, well, I appreciate you bringing it back to relationships because you sort of started by saying that you were last year in this space where you were mourning the loss of some friendships. And I think, you know, we we don't talk enough about sort of friendship breakups and how they can be even more painful and difficult than romantic relationship breakups, right? Like losing a best friend or a relationship that felt really important can be really, even if it's kind of the right thing. Um, or the thing that we need can be really painful and difficult. And so I wonder, I guess my first part of the question, which I'll start with is, is did the program help you sort of heal from those relationships ending and kind of make sense of them? Like was, was that helpful? Were there parts of the program that helped you to sort of process through and heal from the ending of those friendships?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think. You know, I was in a, so I know that I was in a lot of pain Mm. over an extended period of time as I, you know, thought about, reflected on, became nostalgic about, you know, got angry about, Mm -hmm. you know, all of the dynamics and the the relationships, but it also helped me to have, you know, the the program helped me to have compassion for myself and also compassion for, you know, my, my, my friendships and Mm -hmm. for my friends you know, life is hard and it's long and it's difficult and it's confusing. And I do believe that, you know, the people that I have in my life are probably, and I am too, like doing the best with what I, what I can, what I've got. Mm -hmm. So it just sort of helped me to see, you know, I think oftentimes we, when we end relationships, it's like someone's right, someone's wrong. Or we think, we think in sort of just barely black and white terms, Mm -hmm. but it's just so much more complicated. Like toxic dynamics are, are, you know, multifaceted. There are two sides to that dynamic. And I know, you know, that there are things that I could have done and should have done had I had the tools
2: Mm -hmm. to,
0: you know, just show up in those relationships in a better way. Right now, I think the course helped me to, you know, just embrace like setting boundaries as a form of actually protecting a relationship rather mm-hmm. than something that I should be afraid of doing because I'm afraid that a person won't respond well to the, to my boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I think the program helped me to, to just really gain perspective on, on, on those relationships, which helped me to heal, mm-hmm. um, you know, and just feel my way through, through the situations. And I mean, I am still, you know, processing, you know, even familiar relationships that are ongoing that are, you know, certain repressed things have come up Mm. and still using the tools now. Like, as I mentioned, like life is long and it's hard and it's complicated and it's unpredictable and, you know, you can, but I I really do embrace just like pulling the rug from under myself as many times as possible Mm. because why not? (laughs) I really... I remember when I was a little girl, I used to have gray hairs. Oh, wow. Actually, it's weird because I had more gray hairs than I do now. Oh, wow. And so people, older people would always say, oh, my goodness, you you know, you have gray. I was like five, six years old. And then they would say, it means you're wise. Mm. And I remember thinking... I love that. I mm. want to be wise. Like I was like, this is my goal in mm-hmm. life. Like I want to live up to that. And so, wisdom is just you know, I, I I really seek it out and I I embrace it. And sometimes finding it is is difficult and painful and you know, but also but like the line, it, there's always a silver lining. Mm. Um, for me, it always feels I always feel better off afterward. Um, so yeah, I think. I think I answered your question. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you did.
1: You did. And I, you know, I appreciate that you sort of talked about coming to this place of sort of forgiving yourself, forgiving, you know, the people, your friends, that sort of thing, because, you know, we do have conversations, like we did have conversations in the group coaching program. Most people, I think almost everybody talked about challenges with family members, right? Like, or challenges in relationship with someone, whether it was romantic or family, And there was, I think, a really good balance that we were able to strike, which is sort of, um, you know, is aligned with the program and, you know, my values, which is acknowledging the hurt, right? Like, let's not diminish the hurt without demonizing the family member or the person who might have caused the hurt, Right. And I do think that that's an important part of healing is sort of holding both of those things, holding that like this hurt me deeply. This was deeply difficult and painful. And, you know, you may have that person may have been doing the best they could, given their history, given their experiences, given their challenges um, And right. so we're not giving a pass. We're not saying like, it was okay what they did or justifying it. But we're also not falling into a space where we're feeling like I was the victim and there was nothing I could do. And they're an awful, evil monster. And I could never have a relationship with this family member again, because mostly it's complicated, which is... Right Wow, this was my parent, and I still want to be connected to them, but I also have to figure out how to set boundaries because this interaction is really painful, and I've got to take care of myself and so I think that a lot of some on a good number of our conversations right were like how do we do this right, and how do we show up to ourselves with grace and compassion? How do we offer some of that to other people right and and sort of navigate that? One of the things that we talk about in the program is toxic relationships and I really like to use toxic relationships versus toxic people, right? Versus saying there are toxic people out there and you got to just stay away from them versus like, okay, what are relationship dynamics that become toxic and how do we recognize that and then figure out how to set boundaries to either end the relationship, sometimes that's what needs to happen, or shift the relationship so that it is, you know, you can navigate through it. And that's one of, you know, we spend some time talking about that because it's so relevant to kind of most of our lives.
0: Right.
1: No, absolutely. Have you, what have you noticed in ter- shift in terms of how your relationships look now? Like, have you noticed that you're able to set boundaries in a different way or that you being there for yourself and compassionate with yourself shifts, how you show up with um, other people? What have you noticed
0: in that realm? So I noticed that I'm better able to communicate my needs, and also have compassion for other people, and sort of sense their needs mm. in real time. You know, I feel like you know I'm able to hold space for you know certain certain attributes and characteristics that I think, like particularly for family members, that I find like you know to be problematic for me. Mm. Um, I'm able to just sort of you know. Remove myself from situations without guilt. Mm. um I saw I saw this quote on Instagram, which said something like, "Boundaries are the distance with which I can love me and you at the same time."
2: Mm. I like that, and
0: I thought that's like very true. Mm-hmm. Like the intent, the intention for me um, is, you know, I want to be able to do both, like which I do, <laughs> then you know i'm setting the boundaries and i feel like you know part of the group you know helps me to do that the lessons help me to do that but also just talking to to the other group members about their particular circumstances and the people with which they needed to set boundaries with and who they had not you know set boundaries with before um it was just helpful because it sort of reflected back to me the you know similar dynamics and similar struggles and similar uh, needs, um, that I, you know, had in myself and it sort of gave me mm-hmm. just even more perspective and, you know, it helped me to have even more self-compassion because it's yeah. like, I'm not only I'm going through this. And, you know, it just felt really just affirming, mm-hmm. um, to, to, to be able to chat on a weekly basis about like really challenging things that like, otherwise, you know, it's kind of hard. Like if you have, you know, we all grow up, you know, with a group of friends or, you know, that we meet throughout life. But, you know, not everyone is on the same page. Not everyone is growing at the same pace. Not everyone is, like, really down to, like, <laughs> you know, like, talk about emotions and talk about these issues. Um, so it's, it was nice to just, like, have a, a default set of people who work, like, on that same page. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really intentional.
1: Are you ready to go deeper and truly do the work to believe that you're unconditionally worthy so you can finally experience the peace and contentment you've been longing for in your life? If you answered yes, I want to invite you to apply to join the next cohort of the Unconditionally Worthy Group Coaching Program. This curriculum-based group coaching program will guide you step-by-step to heal any trauma that has gotten in the way of you feeling worthy. It will help you to transform your relationship with yourself to one that is loving, compassionate, and authentic. And the program will empower you to use your internal wisdom to create a life filled with the peace, joy, and contentment you have been wanting in your life. If you're ready to do the work and want the transformation this program offers, I encourage you to apply now. I will personally review your application and invite you to a consultation call with me if it seems like you'll be a good fit for the program. Then we'll talk it over and I'll give you the information and details you need to make a decision about whether or not to join. The next cohort starts on October 3rd, so be sure to apply now before it's too late. You can go to Unconditionally Worthy.com forward slash program to learn more and apply now. Can't wait to see your application. I think often when people are considering the program, one of the things that they're concerned about is the group part, because I think people sort of imagine I'm going to be in this group and I'm just going to tell them all of my business and I'm going to be the only one that tells my business. And then other people are going to know this stuff about, and it just feels very threatening because we aren't used to sort of, healing, group healing spaces in this way. And so I love that you're highlighting that actually hearing other people's experiences and being able to talk through these things with other people, right, not just me, was really a, a wonderful part of the program, right? Like it, it added something. It would have been different if it was like one-on-one coaching. That's more similar to your individual therapy, right? But having this sort of community space where you hear other people's experiences and that gives you insights into your own experiences, where you have the space where everybody's being vulnerable and really everybody is like showing up and being vulnerable and you feel less alone. Like, even though everybody doesn't have the same experiences, like it's like, oh, like I see that you are worthy and you're going through this and like you're seeing this in me. And there's this, there's this magic that happens in the group space. And so I think it's really important for people to understand that the group is not like, it's not like, oh, this is just convenient or like a default, like, oh, it's just kind of easier to help more people in a group setting. And so we'll do it in a group, right? Like (laughs) it's actually (laughs) part of the intervention, like, because having that community support, having, feeling people show up for you and share their wisdom. And you also get to share your wisdom with them. And it's a connection point and it's a, feeling together, that common humanity, that actually supports you in feeling more worthy, right? It actually supports you in that journey in a way that you can't experience in the same way in another space. Um, because it's different if your therapist or your individual coach says lots of other people go through this. I have other people who I know go through this and you're like, yeah, yeah, you're just saying that. right?" <laughs> but when somebody actually shares their story and you think, oh my gosh, you shouldn't have to experience that. Or like, I have so much compassion for you. And then you start to think, well, I shouldn't have to experience it either. Or wow, I'm not the only one who struggled with that. It, it does something different. And so I think it's important for people to know that, especially when they have sort of concerns about being in the group and
0: and whether or not that will be helpful. Absolutely. I remember sort of in the beginning feeling a little, you know, timid and unsure about who everyone else would be and how it's going to work, excuse me. And, you know, I think that first, after that first session, like, Once I think once one person sort of starts to get vulnerable, it just gives everybody else permission to do the same. And then your next thing you know, everyone knows like everyone's saying, you know, what's on their heart. Mm -hmm. And so it absolutely was great. And it, you know, it just felt, I feel like the more vulnerable people got, like the better the group got, the more trust that was, you know, we all built with one another. And there was like, I think toward the end, like this desire to like keep it going.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) you know I feel like the strongest connections are the ones where people feel vulnerable with each other
2: yeah and so you
0: kind of got you got like you know I don't know how many people were in the group like seven or eight or nine yeah other nine. people just like totally open um maybe not totally but very open
2: mm-hmm.
0: um so yeah that, that was great and it made me you know it makes me want to you know be more vulnerable in my relationships like in my friendships and and reach those, those lo- levels with like, you know, more people in my life.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. exactly. It's, it's also practice, right? You sort of get to practice being vulnerable, being more open in this very safe space, right? Where there are boundaries, right? There's time boundaries. There's privacy boundaries. There's all these things that make it more safe. And then it helps to say, okay, well, if I could do that here with people that I don't really know, then maybe I can test that out with my family and share a little bit more with them about how I'm feeling or my friends and like, think about how to create those connections in a new way. So it also does that. Um, shoot, there was something else I was going to say and it just slipped out of my mind. I do think one of the biggest complaints about the program is that we ended
2: (laughs) <laughs> right, because people wanted to
1: keep going and wanted to keep meeting. I was, you know, close to going on maternity leave, and there's lots of reasons why I have sort of the group contained, but I think people did want to keep meeting because it did feel like a really special place. Space that's the other thing I was going to say. The part of the reason that I have people apply and then I meet with everybody for a consultation to make sure they're a good fit is because. I feel very responsible for creating a space that is safe where everybody is committed to showing up to their growth, to kind of engaging in this process. And so that's one of the reasons why I think it's so important for people to go through the application process and for me to meet with everyone. So I know like this is going to be a safe space a supportive group where people everybody's committed so it's not just somebody who's like oh that sounds interesting right i mean it's an investment of time and money so i kind of doubt that somebody would just be like sure why not just try it but you don't (laughs) want to make sure that people are on board and someone on the same page and so that's that's something that's important for people to know it's not just like anybody who feels like it could join the group at any time it's you know there's a there's a thoughtful and intentional application process um, to make sure, not to say that only these people can get to a place of believing they're unconditionally worthy, but to say, you know, to figure out whether this group and this particular program is the right fit for people. And if they're ready and willing to do
0: the work that's involved in it. Yeah. Absolutely. I had, I had actually forgot that we did the screening
2: uh, mm-hmm. before, <laughs> before
0: the group. That's right. We did. I applied and we did the, the interview. Yep.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, was there anything surprising about your experience in the program? Um, surprising. I think, you know, I didn't actually think that I was going to like have that feeling toward the end of like not wanting it to stop.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> um, and, and still wanting to be in relation, like connected and be in relationship with, with the folks in the group. I sort of went into the group thinking like, you know, we'll see how, you know, just a little bit timid about mm-hmm. it. Um, and I think, you know, the surprising piece for me was sort of understanding what my baseline was. I didn't necessarily think that I was so unforgiving of myself and mm. so, you know, like lacked as, as much compassion for myself as I actually did. And so I think it sort of just enlightened me to, to who, like where I was in, in a way. So I think that the, so yeah, the, the surprise was just, you know, how much I needed to work on that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then also understanding the benefits, like realizing the benefits. I remember I told this story. I was like, so I gained like a couple of pounds over COVID. Actually, I lost a lot of weight and then I gained it all back (laughs) before Mm -hmm. we got off out of lockdown. And I, you know, I'm like, I've been really hard on myself about Mm -hmm. it. And I remember like seeing my reflection as I had finished like a morning walk I saw my reflection in a car and I saw my face, which is like rounder than it was before. And I thought,
2: okay, girl,
0: like, look at your cute self with your round face, like, you know, keep walking, go ahead, Mm. you know? And I said that in my head and kind of like, you know, smiled and like, I have never really done that. Like right before I was like, Like, look at me, you know. Like, my clothes don't fit the the way they do. Like, I just I'm ready to lose this weight. Just like hating on myself, Mm -hmm. you know. The feeling that I had after, you know, I did, you know, I had self compassion was just like I wanted to work more. I wanted, Mm -hmm. and it was joyful. Like, it didn't feel like such a chore. Didn't feel like torture, you know. Like, I it just felt better. So yeah, I was, you know, like the critical voice. I thought has has had been working you know, for me, mm.
2: but
0: <laughs> it wasn't
2: well,
1: I love that example. I remember you sharing that story, and i I think if I'm remembering correctly, you also shared that like you had gotten up that morning and like tuned into your body and tuned into what you needed. And instead of like pushing yourself to do like a hit workout and like really intense, like you realize that like, yeah, that wouldn't feel good for my body today. So I'm going to go on a walk instead. And it was winter in Chicago, in like Chicago area. So like, <laughs> it wasn't like, uh, you know, like lovely sunny walk, right. But like right. you listen to what, it, what do I need? I want to move, but how do I want to move? You honored that, you took the walk, and then it was like on the way back, you saw your reflection, we're like, okay, like I'm cute. <laughs> and I just like, I love that story, and I love the contrast, right? Because, and I also love that you say, you know, it made me actually more motivated because often people think the way I have to motivate myself is by sort of beating myself down, like, oh, I can't believe you don't fit your clothes, and oh, da, 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 you better get in that gym, and right? And it's like this punishment, right? Which you know, maybe last for a little while, but then usually we fall off, right? We fall off. We don't want to do it. It feels like punishment, which is so different than like, you know, it feels like a walk would feel really good. And then you do it and you have the endorphins and you feel good. And then you're like, I'm going to keep doing this. Like, I want to keep moving. I want to keep, you know, feeling good in my body. And so That's such a great example of like, yeah, self-compassion works. (laughs) It actually (laughs) is helpful and it feel, it not only feels better, but it is more effective in helping us reach the goals that we have for ourselves, like
0: in any sort of realm of our lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that was right. I did wake up and think like, I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to lose all this weight today. Actually, like please, (laughs) I'm going to work so hard. And then I was like, nah, like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's just like, it's th- that way, you know, it's just not sustainable. Like, you know, I don't know if it's my age, which I mean, you know, I'm still really young, but it's I- I'm run out of like gas for the like, just mm-hmm. go hard know, all the just, time. Yeah. And I'm, you know. It's it, it helps me, and I'm still you know relatively. I'm, I'm a pretty hard worker. I work at a really demanding. uh My profession is extremely demanding. Big law, so like you know my foot's on the gas all the time, mm. but like it's not on the floor. Like the pedal is not <laughs> on the floor. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And that's okay. Like if I'm not you know the overwork and the self criticism and the you know those methods are just they it ain't it <laughs> ain't
1: it <laughs> yeah and life feels so much better when
0: you're not doing that to yourself I imagine you would agree right yeah and I think like I think I had mentioned to you like you know you think about like change and growth and often the growth is like for me um and I would imagine for others just like imperceptible mm-hmm. right like It's like a plant. You can't, you know, watch a plant grow Mm in real time. You know, it goes slow. Next day you show up, it's like, oh, you look a little different. But like, I have, I absolutely perceive growth in myself over Mm -hmm. the last year. You know, even in the ways that like, you know, challenges come up and you have, you bounce back from them. Like, I feel like my bounce back has been shorter Mm -hmm. and the, the challenge is less, less acute. Because of the tools that I gained from the course.
2: Mm.
0: You know, so like they're like small sort of small changes, um, that I have sensed over the, the course of, you know, even now every day, it's like something different, you know, questioning myself less, believing in myself more, Mm
2: -hmm. forgiving
0: myself more readily, just having a better perspective. It's like, you know, every day is different. And, you know, I'm sort of, I'm still on the journey. Um, but I, I definitely feel like, you know, I, I feel, I feel better. I feel different. You know, not to say everything's perfect, but <laughs> you know, I know that I have tools now to, mm-hmm. to help me. And there are tools that I can continue to gain and work on as I like work on myself toward, you know, just toward tomorrow, toward just self awareness. And also a big thing is that, you know, I want my son to, perhaps avoid some of the the mistakes that Mm. I've made or, you know, some of those same, just like the old way of thinking. And, Mm. you know, I want him to, you know, embrace himself, feel his feelings, experience a joy. Right. Like I want him to know who he is. I don't want him to just think about himself through my lens or his father's lens. Right. Like,
2: Mm -hmm. which is
0: something that I, you know, maybe many of us do. I what I you know I want him to hear the sound of his own voice mm. not be overpowered by mine and you know really just get to you know just get to know and love himself sooner. Yeah. <laughs> um so I think you know the I feel really empowered as a mom mm. for you know having the level of awareness that I have and being able to to share that with him as he is in his formative he's only 11 he's in like you know really formative yeah. time and it's just going to you know and also I've never had a teenager, but he's going to be a teenager in a couple of years. And <laughs> <laughs> I may be coming back like, <laughs> <and> yeah, like <laughs> give me the toolkit <laughs> if I can't do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, yeah. I yeah. feel empowered as a mom in that way.
1: I love that. I mean, I think there's a few things that you said. Let me see if I can remember them. I'll start with the last. Like, I love that you're saying that this has empowered you as a mom. Like that just... It's so wonderful because it means like this program not only positively impacted you, but it will positively impact your son, right? And it helps you to be the type of parent that you really want to be. It helps you show up with him and for him in ways that, you know, you want to and helps you to give him tools that he can use in his life's journey. And so I think that's so helpful. I think especially for moms in particular who, you know, we often feel a lot of guilt, And like, we shouldn't invest in ourselves. We shouldn't spend time on ourselves. We shouldn't spend money on ourselves. Like that's taking away, right? Like that's the narrative is if we spend money on ourselves or we spend time on ourselves, we're taking it away from our children. And I think what you just said is like, no, actually, if you invest the time and money and energy into yourself, that actually is a blessing to your children. It actually is helpful to your children, both in terms of how you can parent him, how you can teach him some tools and the modeling, right? Our kids learn through modeling, right? So we can be, we can say, be kind to yourself, be nice to yourself. But if they hear us beating ourselves up, they're going to be like, oh, that's actually the, the way you do it. You beat yourself up, right? And so the modeling is also very powerful. So I love that you, you drew that out and identified that. And I keep forgetting there was like something else I wanted to comment on that you had said that was really helpful. Maybe I'll remember it in a second. (laughs) I do not remember it in this moment. Um, But yeah, I mean, I love that you're just, oh, that was it. Like, I really like to emphasize that this program and, you know, believing you're unconditionally worthy. It doesn't mean that life is going to be perfect, right? It doesn't mean that okay. nothing challenging will ever happen. Like we don't have control over that. Like that life is life, right? Life keeps lifing and often there's some challenges that are thrown in the mix. And it shows you how to show up for yourself and how to show up to your life in a way that is empowering, in a way that does allow you to have more resilience and move through life's challenges. Um, in a way that that does allow you to bounce back quicker and doesn't keep you down. It doesn't because the the beating yourself up, the self criticism, the you know not having boundaries, the not taking care of yourself, all of those things mean that when when you hit a hard bump in the road or a big pothole or something happens. It's going to be harder to bounce back. But if you're equipped with self compassion, with self forgiveness, if you know how to get on, call on, um, you know, support from other people, if you're connected to your values and your intuition, those things help you to navigate life with more grace and more ease and more joy and more peace. So even if you're having a challenge, it doesn't sort of set you back as far, right? And you know
0: how to move through it because you have those tools. Absolutely. Oh, I love how you put that together. (laughs) Yeah. Thank
2: you. It took took a minute.
0: (laughs) My
1: brain, you know, the mom sleep, the not getting enough sleep. It's like, can we pull it
0: together? (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Absolutely. That's absolutely how it is. And, you know, it's a toolkit. It feels like the lessons are a toolkit. I've, I've gone back to them um, I've rewatched some of the videos from, the, from the course just because like, you know, I feel like sometimes you forget, right? Like mm-hmm. sometimes it's like, you know, you need a refresher. And I think it's really great that like, you know, you have, I have, I think you make it Lifetime. accessible.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's awesome, particularly because, you know, it was challenging for me to keep up every week with every lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just the demands of my job you know, I didn't feel like I didn't, this space didn't feel to me like another, like, super challenging thing that I would need to overachieve. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, like, yes. I felt like it was, I was able to give myself grace and say like, look, you know, without judgment, like, yeah, I didn't do the lesson this week. I'll try to get to it the next, the next, by the next time. And you know, it was like, it didn't feel like stress.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh
0: And I have since gone back and went through, you know, the lessons. And so like, it's, I think it's a really great design. I absolutely would do it again. Mm. And and to the extent you have a part two, (laughs) sign me up.
1: I'll keep you posted. (laughs) I'll keep you posted. And I, I love that you say that. Yeah. Because I really want to make this not an achievement oriented, performance oriented space. Because so many of the people who come into the program that's how we live our lives. It's performance, it's achievement. And so people would say like, I didn't get to the lesson this week. That's okay. Right? Like you're showing up and you, and you were one of the people who were like, I have a lot going on in my work. So what I can do this week is show up. And you showed up and you were present and you were engaged. And I love that you said that because you still got so much out of every week. It wasn't like you were like, I have no idea what's being talked about and I can't take from it. It was like, This week and this right now, what I can do is come to the sessions and fully engage. And when I'm able to get to the lessons and go through all of that, I will do that. And I love that you used it in a way that worked for you and that you were able to move through it without feeling stressed or like you were falling behind because that's just not, yes, we have like a 10 week container and we have different topics that we focus on. And it's not meant to be that if you don't do the homework this week, then don't come or like, that's not it at all. It's like, that's our guide. And what you can do is what you can do. Show up, be present, you're worthy, you belong here. And when you're able to access and and make time for the lessons, make time for them, you have lifetime access. And so don't, I I want people to get to them because I think they're valuable. And I don't want people to feel stress another level of stress on top of the stress they're experiencing in their (laughs) lives. through the program. And so I'm so glad you, right. that felt it felt that way for you that it wasn't stressful that it was like I, you could use it and engage in the program in a way that worked best for you. Absolutely. Well, so we're coming up on time and I'd love to know if there's if if you're if somebody is considering joining the program and you could give them, you know, your take on it, what would you what would you say to someone who's like, "Yeah, I'm thinking about the program, but I'm not
0: sure what might you offer to them?" I would tell them to that it's worth it. I think, you know, it's an investment in yourself and an investment that pays dividends, not only to you, but to people that you're in relationships with. And so, you know, I absolutely would recommend the program to someone considering it. And, you know, like it worked for me.
2: <laughs>
0: um you know, it's, 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 it's an investment in self that like you, you are your longest running relationship. So like, you're going to keep it forever. Right. (laughs) Um, it will never expire. So, Mm. you know, I think it's really worth it. It's a good investment. Awesome.
1: Thank you so much, Ebony. I am honored and grateful to have been able to guide you through the program. I am so glad it was helpful for you. And I so appreciate you coming on to the podcast to share your experience. Uh, it's been a joy and I know people find it helpful. Yes. Thank
0: you. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. You're very welcome.
1: Thanks for joining me this week on the unconditionally worthy podcast. Make sure to visit my website, dradiagoodin.com and subscribe to the show on iTunes. So you'll never miss an episode. You can also follow me on social media at Gooden. If you love the show, please leave a review on iTunes so we can continue to bring you amazing episodes. Lastly, if you found this episode helpful and know someone who might benefit from hearing it, please share it. Thanks for listening and see you next episode. This episode was produced by Chris and Tiana and the music is by Wattaboy.